Welcome to the Zelda Informer Podcast. I am your host, Full Metal Alfie, and I am joined today by one of the top brass at Zelda Informer. You may remember him. His name is Darren. It's been a while. How you doing, everybody? It has. Uh, this week, Nate is MIA, so we just decided to pick it up and go with it. Um, so we're going to get into some stuff. Like I said last week, um, we're messing around with the format a bit. Uh, we're going to talk about some news, but it's not going to be news-focused. Um, there's actually going to be a breakdown of the news on the YouTube channel starting, I think, this week. Um, so you, we won't have to worry about uh, spending too much time breaking down every little detail. So look forward to that. I think um, at the time just, of this recording, uh, it might actually be going up. Uh, possibly. I think I'm the one in charge of uploading it. So oh, well, we'll never see. mind. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it'll be up sometime this by the end of this week. Uh, so let's just kind of start, just jump into it and um, hit the ground running. So I think the biggest news to come out this week is the fact that The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is getting a DLC season pass. Um, and there's definitely been mixed reactions from people about that. Oh, Some don't even are... get me started, Alfred. Well, you wrote that article. It got like 386 <laughs> comments on it. Oh, is that what it's up to now? I haven't checked. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Another one of my famous controversial editorials. Basically, yep. um, in summary, go read the article. It's called, Here's Why You Should Be Pissed, Breath of the Wild Has DLC. Shouldn't that that title's not going to make anybody mad. Um, but in, in summary, basically, um, you know, I have a little faith in Nintendo that they're going to do this right. People are mad because... Uh, they're advertising DLC before the game is out, but they're not really. They're just saying, hey, we're going to have DLC coming down the line. If you want to buy it, you can, and you get a Nintendo Switch shirt for Link at the beginning. And I think that's pretty cool. And then in summer, you get, I don't even know, a new hard mode, a new map mechanic, whatever that yeah. will be. And I'll run then, down that. Yeah, and then in the winter, a new story, which is awesome, but I will let Alfred talk about that. So, Nintendo released a statement and said, Starting when the game launches on March 3rd, players will be able to purchase an expansion pass for $19.99. And I think, first off, kind of cutting off there, that wording is really, really important. Because typically when you think of a game DLC, you hear season pass, not expansion pass. So basically what they're saying here is that this doesn't, uh, like it's not, content that should have been included in the game or content that makes the game longer it's an expansion to it so it's something that like is extra um so you're paying for extra content and so let's let's dive into what that extra content is it says, granting access to two new sets of downloadable content for the game when they become available later this year immediately upon pre-purchase or purchase of the expansion pass three new treasure chests will appear on the game's great plateau area one of these treasure chests will contain a shirt with a Nintendo Switch logo that Link can wear during his adventure, exclusive to the expansion pass, while the other two will deliver useful items. The first content pack is scheduled to launch this summer and will include an addition, or the addition of a Cave of Trials challenge. So I'm imagining what you have in Wind Waker on Outset and what you did in uh, Twilight Princess and what they added to with the Wolf Link. Um, and then it'll add a new hard mode and a new feature for the in-game map. We don't know what that new feature is, um, but we'll probably learn about that in the coming coming months. Um, the second content pack will launch in holiday 2017 and adds new challenges that will let players enjoy a new dungeon and a new original story. 
The expansion pass will be available for both the Nintendo Switch and the Wii U versions of the game and are identical. Content packs cannot be purchased individually. So basically, this adds a bunch of new content to the game and a new story, <coughs> original story. Uh, so it's not going to be content that was cut from the game, content that was in it, but then they took out and decided to sell back to you. This is extra stuff that is being tacked on to an already finished game, uh, which I think is... We've t I think we've talked about that before, and if not, it's it's kind of the popular idea is that DLC shouldn't be stuff that fleshes out the game if the game is, you know, empty or barren. Uh, it should be stuff that is already included in the game, um, and then or that stuff should already be included in the game to, to make the game full and complete, and then DLC should be later added on stuff that can e expand the game for for lack of a better term in terms of its story in terms of its gameplay um but obviously darren has a lot to say about this so let's let's hear what he has to say yeah uh as i said before i have faith in nintendo uh i went over a little bit of this in my editorial where basically take mario kart 8 for example that was a game amazing game uh probably one of the best mario kart games in recent years that sadly, not as many Nintendo fans have played because it's on the Wii U. But that game was fully developed. It was a full game. And then afterwards, Nintendo started developing DLC for it. It wasn't, let's develop a game and then take, you know, 20% of it and sell it as DLC. It was, no, we're going to make this game, then we're going to make DLC for it afterwards. And in addition to that, they also added a new update, which added a new mode, 200cc. So not only did they have... You know, the two new DLC packs, which were, by the way, pretty cheap. I believe it was uh, two new cups, four maps in each cup, a bunch of... Six new characters and a bunch of carts, and you could get both uh, by paying, I believe it was 12 bucks, and I think the I'll packs cost... I think the pass cost like 7 bucks on their own. Um, so it was very, very reasonably priced. And same with the Breath of the Wild DLC. Uh, I think Nintendo is not holding back content that was, you know, developed a year ago to sell as DLC later on. Uh, I believe that this DLC yes, is being developed after development. Okay. For okay. Mario Kart. Yeah. Um, and it's reasonably priced. I mean, twenty dollars for what I'm gonna call a season pass, or calling it an expansion pass, like you said. It, you know, it's not 20 bucks a pop for both packs, which they could easily charge. It's $20, and hey, you get two DLC packs this year, you know. As a Zelda fan, I can get more Zelda content throughout 2017 instead of waiting four or five more years. Wow, that offends people for some reason. I don't know why. <laughs> we shouldn't expect Nintendo to just stay away from standard revenue streams for their games, especially with... You know, games like Breath of the Wild. Uh, we could look at The Witcher 3 and look at that and say, okay, they sold DLC for The Witcher 3. Worked out pretty well, didn't it? Blood and Wine got awards. So why can't Nintendo do the same? That was basically my reasoning behind uh, the editorial that I wrote and basically all of my thoughts. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things, too, like, if you want to compare it to... Like, there are two ends of the spectrum there there's like you said the witcher 3 with the blood and wine dlc and then the other dlcs which are extra stories added on to an already complete game um which is is the proper way in my opinion to do dlc and then there's something like star wars battlefront um the new one by ea 
where it was they charged sixty dollars at the outset for a very very um, bare bones game, and then they made you pay an extra I think fifty dollars. I might be wrong. Um, for yeah, the I think pass. I think it was fifty dollars. I compared the season pass for that and uh, another game, which I can't. I think it was Battlefield One, um, yeah. and they were both like fifty bucks, sixty bucks, I think. And I think that's you know a lot of people are, I know one of the arguments I guess is that they don't want to pay for it if they don't know what the product is gonna be, and that that's understandable. Yeah, I know. Well, also the thing is too. This expansion pass isn't going away. They're not going to delete it off of the market after the game comes out. You can pre-purchase it if you want, or you can purchase it after. Um, you you hear more about it, and you get a better idea of it, which is what a lot of people will probably do, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it's it's good to wait to hear. It's good to be an informed buyer. We'll put it that way. Um, so that you're not just throwing your money out at things that you may or may not like, because, you know, we we've seen how that happens and how that works on the market you know with games like no man's sky getting really really hyped up for something um and then ultimately being let down um of course they've continued to support it well i say continue they've released a big patch once um but there's there's that common sense that you kind of have to think about and you know as nintendo fans and this is probably going to ruffle some feathers we tend to throw common sense to the wind and just Ooh. buy it because it's Nintendo. Like, um, <clears throat> we see a Nintendo game and we're like, well, I don't really want it, but it's Nintendo, so it's it's got to be good. And I think the only case that that's never happened in is Metroid Prime Federation Force, where nobody was like, well, it's Nintendo, so I'll give it a chance. Um, well, Alfred, um, I bought Federation Force. No, I know. I, it's, it's a very, very few people did that. That game Very few so people well. did that, and uh, just to let you know, I did regret buying it. <laughs> you did or didn't? I I did. Okay, yeah, it's it's a, uh, it's kind of the same thing. Like I bought uh, Paper Mario Color Splash, which isn't a bad game. Um, it just kind of, it didn't have the same heart and soul that the other Paper Mario games had pre Sticker Star, and that was. It's not that I regret it, but it's like, you know, I could have not bought that and been completely content. Uh, so it's kind of that that kind of idea. Like, even then, I was, on a, I was informed on the game and what to expect from it. Um, but in buying a game, uh, we've talked about this in the past, too, and buying the Switch and buying Breath of the Wild, you don't have to get it. Well, that that's... That's one of the first things that we have to say when referring to video games, period, is you don't have to have it. They are a, a luxury and a commodity. And so if you don't feel 100% certain that the purchase you're going to make is a beneficial to you, um, and B, that you're not going to regret it and see that you have the money for it. I mean, this, this is these are my standard uh, rules for when I'm buying something, is do I... Do I have the money for it, and will I regret it afterwards? And if I can answer yes and then no, then I'll have a strong inclination towards buying it. Um, <clears throat> however, there is a difference between um, that method and being an informed buyer, which I'm I'm promoting mostly being an informed buyer. So if you are hesitant on this because you don't know what the game uh, DLC is going to include, 
don't feel bad. Don't feel like you have to get the game DLC. Like, this isn't some major content that you'll miss out on in the game just because you don't have it. Like, you'll miss out on a shirt and two extra chests at the beginning. Want me to tell you what's funny about that shirt, Alfred? What? It's a Nintendo Switch shirt, right? Yeah. You can buy the DLC on both Nintendo Switch and Wii U. So, the day Wii, one... Yeah. You can run around as Link in Hyrule on your Wii U wearing a Nintendo Switch shirt. <laughs> yep. Which I think is hilarious. And there's no Wii U shirts or anything like that. Yeah, definitely not. <clears throat> so will you be getting the DLC right when it comes out? Oh, definitely. Um, For one, I want to experience the DLC, even if it's bad. I'll still want to because it's Zelda, so I will be able mm-hmm. to laugh at how bad it is. Uh, <laughs> but I also would like to, probably won't, but would like to 100% the game, and I'm going to include DLC in that run, so I'll want the chests on the Great Plateau. Um, and also, you know, there's going to be a new dungeon, they said, in uh, the winter expansion, the, the winter DLC pack, and so I'll want to play yeah. that, of course. And the new story, even if it sucks, even if it's just a glorified side quest, I'll still want to play it. Yeah, um, for me, it's a little... I might not get it right off the bat, but that's not necessarily because I don't want it. It's more along the lines of conservation of funds. um, Mm -hmm. Because I've already paid off, like... I got a kickback from a scholarship, so I had enough money to pay off the Switch in the game. Um... <clears throat> but I don't want to just wantonly spend money after this because I've already spent a lot of money on the Switch. I already paid it off Breath of the Wild, and then I bought the uh, charging controller, uh, <laughs> charging grip, um, which was about I 30 I see bucks. a lot of people who have spent like, you know, 800 bucks on the Switch. Yeah. Buying the Switch, games, accessories, whatnot. What I have bought is a Nintendo Switch with the gray Joy-Cons. Uh, I have a copy of Breath of the Wild. I did have the chance to order the Master Edition, but I did not because it's really expensive. And yes. a Sheikah Eye carrying case. And I'm very tempted to order Bomberman as well. Uh, I'm not sure. I'll probably wait for reviews on that one, but I'll definitely be getting uh, Shovel Knight and the new Shovel Knight campaigns as well when they release. Yeah, and I've already pre-ordered, you know, Super Mario Odyssey and... Mario Kart Double or Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Splatoon 2. Um, I mean, well, for me, the more you... multiplayer games that I have, the better. I, just because I'm getting married and my fiance is going to want to play those games. Right. Um, <clears throat> but I think it, it, it really comes down to, you know, if you want it and you're willing to spend the money for it, then go for it. Like, there's. it. You're not going to be a bad person for buying the DLC. And you're not going to be perpetuating a business model that is bad by Nintendo for getting the DLC. Like, this is the new norm for the game industry is downloadable content. Um, and it you can't forget that Nintendo's done this before. Um, and there is the argument that Koei Tecmo had a bigger part in Hyrule Warriors. But there was still, you know, Nintendo still had a share in that. They still had a part in it in the DLC. And yeah, Nintendo was still a part of the meeting that was like, mm-hmm. hey, should we make DLC or not? Because yeah. they had they had to get approval from Nintendo to use the characters. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so this isn't a new thing. It's not going to go away. You, you don't protest this because you don't agree with it. If you don't want it, then don't get it. I mean, it's as simple as that. that you know, I've, all, I've never understood people complaining about things that don't apply to them um, or complaining about things that, you know, don't really affect them in that way. Like, if you aren't going to spend the money on it, don't get upset about it. Um, and like Darren said, you know, they are giving us extra Zelda content in the same year as opposed to waiting, you know, a whole another five years for anything extra Zelda. Um, and who knows, this may even be the first expansion pass. We might get a second one next year and they might just keep updating this game. Um, it might be like the I Witcher. I would not where be we opposed get... to that. Yeah. It might be like the Witcher where we get two or three extra story, uh, DLCs and that's fine with me. You know, if they, I, I like a longevity of a game, especially Zelda, that they can continue to support the game and, and keep interest in it, um, like a year or two down the line. Um, because you know what that means? That means if the if the story DLC is good, it's going to keep creating headlines, and if Nintendo keeps creating it, it's going to create more headlines and more Breath of the Wild sales and more Nintendo Switch sales. Mm-hmm. So that, that's... Yeah, I guess there's no real big takeaway from this. Um, we both want it. Darren's getting it right off the bat. I might wait a little bit for it. Um, just it, time will tell. But <clears throat> all in all, I think this is a good idea on Nintendo's part. Um, I think that this is a wise decision, um, especially giving us more story content, things that they didn't have to give us. Um, and Nintendo's always been, some people might disagree with this, pretty fair with the DLC prices. Um, there's some debate on that with the Super Smash Bros., Wii U, and 3DS yeah, pricing. Yeah, the only thing I would disagree about that statement is the Smash DLC. Everything else is A+. Yeah, it, that that was just a really weird way to handle that. Um, and so I'd, I'd say that that's not the standard of the rule. That's the exception to the rule is the Smash Bros. DLC. Um, so I, I don't think we have anything to worry about in terms of Nintendo's DLC. Uh, I mean, Splatoon, the first one, got all free DLC. All that stuff that we got from that game was free. Um, and we, you know, two might be different. Who knows? Uh, and one complaint I would like to address is people... I, I've seen people say that this DLC feels microtransaction-y. And I don't understand that. I would assume they're saying that because of the chests, but... That's just a, a bonus for buying the expansion pass now. I mean, yeah. you're paying $20 for a bunch of new content, one wave hitting in summer, one wave hitting in winter. I'm not sure how microtransactions play into that. It's not like you're buying the dungeon for <laughs> 3 bucks and then the new story for, you know, 7 bucks, and it's not like that. You pay $20, you get all this cool content throughout the year. Yeah. And, I, I you know, it's not right to necessarily toss around that term microtransaction because... That's usually associated with pay-to-win or pay-to-play. Um, right, and I've example. seen someone say that. <clears throat> I saw someone on Twitter the other day say, oh, Nintendo's going pay-to-win with Breath of the Wild. And I'm like, no, that's that's not at all what's happening. Unless the Master Sword is hidden behind a paywall, you're not playing pay-to-win. Um, <laughs> pay-to-win games are stuff like uh, Pokemon Duel or even Fire Emblem Heroes, where if you really want the best out of the well i'd say more so for pokemon duel because you can spend money on gems or something and then buy more powerful figurines with fire emblem heroes it's more of a gotcha system um so you could spend a thousand dollars and still never actually get the best 
you know, character. Um, I haven't even spent any money on Fire Emblem Heroes, and I'm 80% of the way through the game. No sweat. Yeah, I mean, I haven't either, and that's just because of I don't like... You know, you can chew through those orbs really quickly, and oh, yes. the, the, the pricing for them is, is a little a little stupid, but uh, digressing. So, all in all, this is a good move for Nintendo for the Breath of the Wild DLC. Um, if you don't like it, don't get it. Don't support it, whatever. It's your own prerogative. We're not going to judge you for it. Um, I will. There's no reason. Well, I totally will. will. <laughs> there's just no reason kidding. to be up in arms about it, so... Just, just I know that that's not going to quell any arguments. People are still going to be upset about it, um, <clears throat> but I, I don't think there's any reason to be upset. If you're uh, still upset, it's... go read my editorial because that definitely won't make you more mad. Yeah, that none of Darren's editorials have ever sparked any sort of controversy ever. Nope. Okay, so moving on, uh, I kind of want to talk about remakes or virtual console ports. So. We published a daily debate, uh, I think today or yesterday, talking about whether or not Skyward Sword should get an HD remake. Um, that we've talked was about also this... me, and I published it earlier this morning. Okay, so it was today. Um, and we've talked about that before, like what games would we like to see an HD remake from. Um, and typically when we think HD remake, we don't just necessarily mean graphics, we mean updated controls, updated playstyle, maybe something extra in the game. Um, <clears throat> but... A lot of people also want GameCube Virtual Console ports on the Switch, and for good reason. There's a lot of games that would be nice on there. Um, so I kind of want to specifically talk about Zelda, since this is a Zelda and former podcast. Would you rather see, let's say something like uh, Skyward Sword, for example, or A Link Between Worlds even, would you rather see an HD remake of those games or a direct virtual console port? Well, I think in the case of Skyward Sword, um, I would definitely like an <clears throat> HD remaster or a remake. That game is beautiful. Uh, I mean, it is on the Wii, so it's not as beautiful as it could be for the time it was developed in. Uh, I, I think an HD remaster would uh, do the game a lot of good. A lot of people were saying they'd like... Skyward Sword uh, HD without motion controls, which would be kind of hard considering the game is built around motion controls. I'm not yeah. really sure how they would uh, go around that, but you can use the Joy-Cons uh, instead of the Wii Remote and Nunchuck. So I, I would like to see Skyward Sword HD on Switch. But A Link Between Worlds, I have seen the game in HD uh, running on the Citra emulator, and it looks pretty good. It, it looks fine. Uh, I don't think it would be uh, that much of an improvement to go ahead and remaster it. I think if it were to come to Switch, I would just port it. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they would have to remaster it so it doesn't look all pixelated on the TV. I'm not sure how all of that would work, but I would rather they just port that. I mean, I would rather they remake the Minish Cap in a Link Between Worlds style, but that's never going to happen because Capcom. <laughs> so... So, what do you think then is is better? Because as uh, a lot of people might just hear this argument and say, "Well, definitely HD remakes are better," um, but there's some drawbacks to that because with an HD remake, there's more development time; they cost more to make. So you're not going to get the game right away. You're not going to get um, the game's probably going to be marked up at a higher price. So if we got a Skyward Sword HD remake, 
as opposed to maybe like a 30 or $20 price tag on it for a virtual console, or maybe even lower, we'd get it for full MSRP at probably $60. Yeah, but I'd I'd say the improvements would probably be worth the extra forty dollars. Yeah. No, I'm 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 agreeing. I'm just saying some people might think, well, uh, why why is that better when I can? Would I rather just have the game come out and play it uh, right off the bat on the virtual console? Um, I guess coming to mind something like uh, Smash Brothers Melee. Would we rather would we rather have an uh, or HD remake of that game, or would we rather have a port? Um, and even thinking about stuff like uh, Phantom Hourglass or Spirit Tracks, which really can't be uh, ported to the Switch anymore. Um, but would those be better served as a remake or a port? Um, just because of all the different issues that you'd face when hitting a, a remake, especially with a longer development time, um, you couldn't get as many out. As opposed to saying, oh, let's just update the control scheme and put it on the virtual console. Well, I mean, for Skyward Sword and Spirit Tracks, you could port them to the Switch. I mean, they were ported to the Wii U. You just held the gamepad in a vertical position. You could do the same with the Switch. So it would have to be the handheld mode then? Yes, for... it would have to be handheld yeah. mode. Uh, I believe it had to be uh, on the gamepad screen on the Wii U. I mean, I think you could project the image onto the TV. I'm not quite sure because I don't own the games, but I, I know you can play them using the Wii U gamepad vertically, so I think you could with the Switch. Okay. However, <laughs> being the Phantom Hourglass Spirit Tracks fan that I am, um, I would love to see remasters of those or remakes without the touch controls because I know I didn't mind them too much, but I know a lot of other people did, and I'm sure if those got remakes with updated controls, a lot more people uh, would be able to play them and be exposed to two of the best handheld Zelda games in existence. Fight me. Yeah, I think it'd be pretty cool to actually see uh, a completely remade Spirit Tracks or completely remade Phantom Hourglass with uh, Wind Waker HD graphics. Mm, um, yes. I was thinking I, more I of that... a Link Between Worlds style, but I mean, if you want to go, you know... 3d view then yeah yeah well i mean like they're also they don't necessarily have to be 3d view but like in terms of the look and in terms of the graphic graphics of the games um obviously they're inspired by wind waker um mm. so i'd i think it'd be pretty cool to see that though that is a pipe dream and probably will never happen um because they basically have to rebuild the game from the ground up uh and i don't yeah think they're gonna they're be... gonna have an ocarina of time hd remake from the ground up before that happens yeah made an unreal engine and um <laughs> that that's more likely but i guess my two cents on it is that i'd rather see a remake than a port i won't be mad with a port um especially for gamecube games like if we got super mario sunshine on the switch that'd be nice because uh, the benefit of the switch and this is probably the main drawing or draw point for it is is the handheld mode the fact that are you telling me i can go play Super Mario Sunshine on the go. Uh, that's been like a dream forever. Or <laughs> Luigi's Mansion or, you know, any of these other games. Like, I've always wanted to be able to play them on a handheld. Um, <coughs> and that'd be awesome. And so, automatically, you know, that kind of sells the port argument for me. But at the same time, 
I would love to see a completely HD remake of Super Mario Sunshine or oh, Luigi's so Mansion. Beautiful. That would with be like so beautiful. With dynamic lighting, with better water physics, like all that stuff would be amazing. Um, and so there are ups and downs to each. I, I think that there's stronger arguments for why there should be more HD remakes, but it does take more time and resources to do. Um, and so they obviously can't make as many as that they would like. Um, well, in the, in the case of Super Mario Sunshine, would you want a from the ground up remake or more along the lines of a remaster? Um, I it depends because if they're working on Unreal Engine Four, that they're gonna have to make new models for the game. They're gonna have to make. Um, so you new want an physics. Unreal Engine Four remake? I just want. I, I'm I'm assuming that that's gonna be their framework for working with the Switch now. Um, is trying to get games to run in Unreal Engine Four. Um, well, I mean, Miyamoto <clears throat> did say that they have mastered Unreal Engine, so I, w- I wouldn't yep. be surprised. Because uh, I was I mean, going to say, if it was more along the lines of a remaster without Unreal Engine 4, then they could just shove it off to Tantalus like they've done with their other remasters. Yeah, the only problem with that is, uh, I guess that this is the best, the best example of this for me is in Twilight Princess for the Wii U. The, the graphics were updated, but not that much. Um, it, it seemed really lazy in terms of a graphical update, um, especially when you compare it to the HD Twilight Princess fan uh, project that was going on at the time. Oh, they spent a lot of time on that and still are. <laughs> I know, and it looks infinitely better than the Nintendo's version. Um, and I think that the only... Well, the not the only, but the best looking remakes are the ones that that were that took a lot longer i i don't think twilight princesses took a lot as long as let's say wind waker hds um or even uh ocarina of time 3d for the 3ds um because they had to make not necessarily completely new models but i think they actually did have to make new models for those games because the old ones were outdated they were really blocky yeah, I, I believe they did make new models. So, I'd like to see that, mostly because of all, the biggest problem I guess I've always had with Nintendo graphics is not that they look bad, but is that they've never made a round shape. Um, nothing's ever perfectly round in a Nintendo game, and it, <laughs> it always bothers me. Like, you can see um, little jagged edges, especially in Pokemon Sun and Moon. Um, oh, well, games, I mean, that's a 3DS game. No, I know, but the game's great, but the, the graphics for it aren't, aren't the best. Um, because it's a 3ds game yeah but i mean even in wii u games uh there are a lot of games were really uh, pixely in terms of the the outlines of characters nothing was ever really round yeah Um, i I do have to agree with you there it's it's a problem i mean i guess the only thing that i think the best looking one of the best looking wii u games for me super mario world 3d um super mario 3d world it is it's beautiful um, and I think that that's probably the the best example of what Nintendo could do graphically on the Wii U. Um, and even then, if you looked really, really close to some of the stuff on there, it wasn't perfectly round because you'd still see, like, if you gotten real close, you'd see the jagged edges of the round objects. Um, I think another s- example of <clears throat> an amazing-looking game on Switch is, surprisingly, Mario Kart 8. Yeah. If you ever stop and take a look at some of the maps, take a drive through the Animal Crossing map. The game is gorgeous. Just mm-hmm. gorgeous. 
and I think that that's that speaks to the benefit of of a HD remake um, is that Nintendo has the capabilities to make good looking games, um, and I think they should. I mean, granted, there are going to be like if they want to port the entire GameCube library to the Switch, um, which I don't see happening, but they might port half of it or a majority of it or a quarter of it or whatever. They're not going to update all those games. There seems to be some games. controversy actually mm-hmm. with how many GameCube <laughs> games they can port. Because apparently the Switch does not have analog triggers, which are needed for games like Smash Bros. Melee. And I believe it was someone from Nintendo, maybe even Kimishima, that said if they wanted to port GameCube games, or not Kimishima, it was someone else, but uh, then they would possibly have to produce Joy-Cons with analog triggers in them. So I believe a majority of GameCube games can't be ported and used with the standard Joy-Cons. I'm not exactly sure on that, but that's the general consensus I see uh, on places like NeoGAF. So, what is the difference between the Wii U, or the Wii U, the Switch's um, triggers on the Joy-Cons and an analog trigger? I guess an analog trigger can sense how far down the trigger has been pressed. I'm not exactly sure what that means i have not dug into that uh yeah you're right it's it's more pressure sensitive okay um and so the uh, from what i can tell for the switch it's just a button for the controls um yeah because in stuff like uh smash bros melee especially with wave dashing and stuff like that you need to have more uh pressure sensitive controls um and there is a rumor that we'll be seeing more or different types of controllers coming out eventually for the uh switch um but we've also seen rumors saying that we might see gamecube controllers being compatible with the switch um Mm. so that might lend itself to that idea but like you said, in terms of imports or ports, uh, it, it might be difficult to match it with the control scheme of the Switch. Uh, but at the same time, I think they'd rather do ports of stuff like Chibi Robo or Beautiful Joe than completely try to get the licensing for those and completely make them from the ground up as a remake. Um, because those were niche games and they really weren't that popular, but to a specific group of people, they were popular. Um <clears throat> But I think for a majority of the games that they want to re-release, they should go the remake route. Um, but right now what we're seeing is more along the lines of you know, Wii U remakes being more likely. Uh, just because that was a huge market that didn't ever get touched or barely got touched by people. Yeah, I, I mean uh, six months ago, uh, I would have highly recommended you buy a Wii U and just enjoy... You know, the system's great backlog for cheap because you can get a lot of Wii U games for cheap right now. Because there are so many decent games that just didn't get to be experienced by a lot of fans because it was on the Wii U, which sold so poorly. So, you know, like you were saying, uh, Wii U ports, Wii U remasters, definitely think they'll be having a large presence on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Okay. <clears throat> so, basically, we'd rather have remakes than ports yeah Yeah. i mean for older games like nes games snes games i'd rather 
I mean, they're pixelated, so ports. <laughs> but, um, I mean, hey, if you want to remake the original Zelda into a full 3D Zelda game, I'm not going to complain. <laughs> yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. So, moving on then. In a an interview with Miyamoto, um, <clears throat> the uh, topic went towards story in in Zelda games. Um, this is an interview with Time uh, Magazine or Time.com. There's um, story in Zelda games? What? Yeah. So <laughs> this is a relatively long quote, and I'm going to read um, a majority of it, mostly because it doesn't really make sense, and he's kind of dodging the issue. Uh, but I think it's important to read this to kind of get their an idea of their value on story and how they implement in games. So... Do your best uh, Miyamoto impression, Alfred. Oh, no, that's bad. (laughs) (laughs) That's not going to go well at all. Uh, So it said, when asking him about, uh, this is from our website, seemingly more story-driven Breath of the Wild versus the perception of his lack of interest in story, he responded with this. Let me start off by saying that Mr. Miyamoto, A.G. Miyamoto, or Aonoma, (laughs) not talking about himself third person, the game's producer, and his team, instead instead of creating a game where you're playing the story, you yourself are embarking on an adventure, and I think they found a unique way to strike a balance between the story and the fact that you're on an adventure. It's not that I don't like the story, that I'm denying the importance of the story, and that I think that after someone has played a game, it's important that a story lingers in their mind. But what do I think is a challenge is to cut down on playtime to set up and explain a story that's already been set. I think what's important, especially for the Zelda series, is for the person to be able to think it through for themselves and to really live the story. I think that's the challenge we've been working on through the many iterations of The Legend of Zelda. And so in this game, while you're playing, you kind of start to dig the narrative out and see the overarching story that lies in the background. And so I think the story in Breath of the Wild still doesn't break the balance that's been established in previous Zelda games, but we also wanted to make a game where, after someone is done playing, their own experience in that game is what the story is, and I think we've been able to accomplish that with this title. And really in this game, everybody could take very, very different routes and approaches. How long it takes you to beat the game has a huge range. <clears throat> so, can you repeat that first sentence for me? Let me start off by saying that Mr. Aonuma and his team, instead of creating a game where you're playing the story, you yourself are embarking on an adventure, and I think they found a unique way to strike a balance between the story and the fact that you're on an adventure. So he literally just said, uh, you're not going, you know, this isn't based on a story, it's based on... A journey, which is another word for a story. <laughs> yeah. I think what he's getting at with this whole thing is that they don't like telling you the story uh, in a way that you would see, <clears throat> um, let's say, in maybe Uncharted, where you're playing through the story as it progresses, and more along the lines of you're, you're figuring out the story as you go along. Like, you're, you're given hints, you're given um, ideas of what the story is like, and then you're being, then you're playing through the adventure, figuring this out as the characters are figuring it out kind of a thing. I, I'm, it's really cryptic, and it's very Nintendo, very Nintendo-y of a response, um, and the fact that they don't really give an answer, they just kind of say, story's important, but we're doing something different in the fact that it's an adventure and uh, i mean it's 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 cryptic that's nintendo that's that's the way they've always been 
Yep. Um, for better or worse. Uh, so, what do you what do you think? What are your thoughts on uh, this very eloquently put nothingness of an answer? Um, it's it's what you said. Nothingness. I mean, from what we've heard about the story is, Aonuma said it'll make you cry. Aonuma said you will feel various different emotions. And he's talked more about the story than I think previous Zelda games. And that's a good thing to me, because I like story. I liked the story in Skyward Sword. Not a lot of people did. Um, You know, unlike a lot of people, I do look at the story in Zelda games, and I think it's very important. So... I just I just kind of push this quote under the table because it kind of seems like Miyamoto is just just kind of like talking <laughs> if that makes sense it's a whole lot of nothingness I just the Breath of the Wild is going to have a good story according to Anuma and uh I think Miyamoto agrees based on this quote I'm not sure but yeah whatever <clears throat> yeah I it's 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 interesting because they've talked about story for this game being a huge focus, um, but we know this has always been Nintendo's method is gameplay before story. <clears throat> That's not always true. I've seen some quotes that place importance on story early in development. But generally speaking, their games are more focused on gameplay than story. Um, for example, there's an argument to be made that Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword's mechanic uh, invented the story of the game um, in terms of the fact that you have to raise it skyward in order to do, like, to build it up and to um, give it energy and to do all these things. Like, the mechanic of the Skyward Sword, or the, the Master Sword, uh, in general, gave birth to the story. <clears throat> and so I think they've always been, for a majority of their games, more story or more gameplay focused than story. Um, and you can kind of see that in uh, a lot of, I guess, in the Metroid Prime trilogy is a really good example of this too, um, where there's a story, but it's not a heavy story. Um, when they tried to do a heavy story with Other M, it didn't go over well. Mm hmm. And so I think that their main focus on, on in games is gameplay. I think it's always been that. They've, first and foremost, they're a toy company. Um, and so they're, they're focused on giving entertainment and gameplay um, and in usability. And so they're not, <clears throat> they're not focused on, right off the bat, they're not focused on deep, enthralling stories. Those become developed as the game progresses in its own development. Uh, for, like... Um, I'm trying to think of a game that's a clear example of this, but I'm, I'm just going to say Legend of Zelda in general. Uh, they, they, they're they focused more so on gameplay and the mechanics of the gameplay as opposed to the story. Um, and I think this is actually the, the most story-focused Zelda game we've ever gotten. Um, the fact that there's cinematic cutscenes. At least since Twilight Princess. Yeah, uh... Because Twilight Princess, I read this, I believe it's on Ganon Band, which if you don't know what Ganon Band is, it's a wonderful little website, G-A-N-N-O-N-Band.com, where there's a quote there that supposedly says 
Twilight Princess was first developed around story and the gameplay followed after. Uh, so who knows what they've done with Breath of the Wild, but apparently that was the situation for Twilight Princess. Mm-hmm. And it's not it's not a bad method either way. Um, and I don't think that there is a right or wrong way of game making in terms of gameplay first or story first. Obviously, there are some games that are more story focused than gameplay focused, i.e., Telltale games. Um, like those those are story games. They're they're point and click adventure story games. They're, there's not a lot of gameplay to them. I mean, it's not. It's, yeah, but. Uh, in terms of Zelda, I think that originally story wasn't a huge focus on it in the games, but because of the fans, it has become a huge focus, and out of no effort on Nintendo's part. Um, like, we, we're the ones that theorize everything, we're the ones that examine everything, um, and have built our own ideas of the story that they've confirmed or denied, uh, and because of us and because of the way that we've approached Zelda, I think that they've taken a more story-oriented approach to it. Yeah, um, I think they realize that story is a very important feature for a lot of fans. Yeah, and I don't think we're ever going to get a, a a super story-focused 3D Zelda game, or Zelda game, uh, Mario game. So I don't <laughs> think Mario Odyssey is going to have this deep story um i mean that's that's really not what mario games are about so paper mario games used to be about um used to be yeah but not not really anymore um i think the most the two most story driven mario games were uh paper mario and the thousand year door and super paper mario and i mean you could talk about the mario luigi games too but um those those really aren't mainline mario games uh and either of the Paper Mario games. But you, that's not why you play those games. Or the, the mainline Mario games for like Super Mario 3D World or New Super Mario Bros. Wii. You weren't diving into those games like, oh my gosh, I have to figure out who the bad guy is. And, and what his motivations are. It's like, it's, it's Bowser. Kidnapping the princess. <laughs> yep. But, like you said, there there are some exceptions to the rule of gameplay first. And who knows how Breath of the Wild's development has gone in terms of story and gameplay where they develop simultaneously at different times, one before the other. It's, you know, unless somebody goes in and makes a documentary of how this game was made, I don't think we're ever going to get concrete answers unless they come out and say, yeah, gameplay first, story second. Yeah, because it can have amazing gameplay and amazing story and you won't know which came first. Yeah. But I think that over the years, story in a Zelda game has become important. Yes. I think that it's become something... Uh, I don't think Nintendo ever thought it would become important, but it has. Well, it's so evolved they've... a lot since the first game, which was yeah. basically, mm, take the sword, mm, go save a princess, bye. Yep. And I think that they've had to adjust to the fans' desires in that aspect of you know wow they they really like the lore and the story of zelda so let's give them more of that let's dive further into that so i think while ocarina of time had a had a a good story i think the the first major story oriented zelda game we got was majora's mask 
which was based around the lives of the the player or the NPCs and the characters in the game, um, where you could invest in them. Um, I think that was a very heavily focused Zelda or story Zelda game. Um, you might disagree with me on that, but um, <laughs> no. Majora's, Ma- Majora's Mask was uh, Zelda Informer's top Zelda game of all time. So I uh, go away. yeah for those of you who don't know i despise uh the time mechanic in majora's mask it's a good game don't get me wrong but definitely not my favorite yeah i think it's second for me only to wind waker and that just really depends on my mood what placement (laughs) that's in Um, my favorite zelda game depends on my mood too so as i think a lot of (laughs) fans are (coughs) but Overall, I think we could agree that story has become important in the Zelda game. Um, yes. Hopefully, we can all agree. Some people may think, ah, oh, no, I want no story in a Zelda game. Um, and to you people, I say, get out of the Zelda fandom because there's no place for you. No, I'm just kidding. I'm, not, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> uh, so, finally, the last topic of the night. Um, IGN posted an article or not an article, posted a video on YouTube um, speculation about what if Breath of the Wild wasn't a Zelda game. Um, And I haven't actually gotten the chance to watch the video all the way through, but that did get me thinking uh, about brand recognition in terms of Nintendo. And do I think that I would, or do I think that the majority of people would have invested in the game had it not been a Zelda game. Um, and there's there's a few different points to this. As, as obviously obviously for you know Darren and I, we're hardcore Nintendo fans and Zelda fans, so anytime they slap the Zelda name on something, we're probably going to give it a shot. Um, and Or anything Nintendo puts out, really, we're probably going to be like, ah, you know, it's Nintendo, so I'm going to give it a, a chance. And we'll pick up the game and... Um, give it a shot like play it and if we don't like it fine but majority of the time we've you know given in the nintendo's demands about their game yeah however that's not everyone so games they, they do make niche games um that are even niche for nintendo fans so stuff like bravely default bravely second xenoblade chronicles xenoblade chronicles x yeah but bravely um, default isn't that square enix um i think i really but it's I still it a nintendo game it's still okay. a nintendo uh specific game yeah i mean it's an exclusive yeah it's a square uh square game square soft um but it is a very like specific audience of nintendo fans want to play a game like that and yeah. same the same thing with stuff like um you know, Xenoblade, or even I'd say Chibi Robo, uh, like games like that don't necessarily appeal to a wide variety of fans, much less appeal to a wide variety of Nintendo fans, because there are very few people I know that have ever heard of Chibi Robo, um, the original for the GameCube even, um, which is probably one of my favorite games of all time. It's definitely on my I list. I didn't even hear about it until the, the 3DS game was announced. I absolutely love that game. I know it's weird. I know it's, it's a special kind of game for a special kind of person, but I think it's amazing. Because you're special, Alfred. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that there's something to be said for 
brand recognition in Nintendo then. So you see games like Kirby, uh, maybe less so um, Kirby, but you see games with the name like tacked on with Pokemon um, or Zelda or Mario. And people are going to flock to those games more so than stuff like Metroid or um, any of the other lesser uh, IPs that they have. Like, you've, we've seen... I think that Splatoon was a very rare case of how an IP can take off from Nintendo. Um, yeah. Because that soared beyond their expectations of how big they thought that game was going to be. But Especially then you look at, in Japan. Oh, yeah. And, and But then you look at something like... Uh, project steam that game did not do well at all um yeah but even project among nintendo fans isn't project steam or no i'm thinking of a different game never mind you're thinking of steam world dig yeah that's what i'm thinking yeah. of um project steam is the one that was like the with the presidents and the steampunk world that you could add yeah. like the amiibo with the it was, it was made by the same people that did a fire emblem um okay. and that game didn't do well. Uh, it's been marked down so many times that even the used version is extremely cheap. <laughs> and that's coming from GameStop. GameStop doesn't usually sell cheap used versions of games unless they're really bad or really old. <coughs> um, and I, I don't think we'll ever see another Project Steam game. I don't think we're going to get a sequel to it. I don't think we're going to get a remake for the Switch. If um, we do, what is Nintendo thinking? Yeah, that's uh, that'd be like if they did Metroid Prime Federation Force for the Switch. <laughs> <laughs> so bad. They, they, they kind of, they play it safe a lot of times, but they have been tossing out new IPs every so often. Um, and putting investments in lesser-known IPs like Fire Emblem. Like that game blew up after Fates, mostly after Awakening, actually. And so yeah, then but they Fire Emblem isn't things. a new IP. I mean, it's been around. No, but it's never been a really American IP. It's never been something that you're like, well, a, a lot of people play this game. It, it's been a very specific set of people that yeah. played, you know, Radiant Dawn and, and Path of Radiance and, and all those other games. And um, now look, Fire Emblem is top grossing on the App Store. Yeah, and you see stuff like Fire Emblem Heroes. You see that they're making a fire emblem warriors game you see that they're making a new game for the switch you see that they're remaking echoes um and it, like so much stuff with fire emblem and it, it's really nintendo we talk about nintendo not judging <coughs> the market or like basing what they do off of other people but they do a lot of their own research within themselves um and what their fans like and what they don't like and what what appeals to them and what doesn't appeal to them and They'll make moves based on that, as opposed to what we're seeing with Breath of the Wild, which is a response to the rest of the market right now. Um, we're seeing more Fire Emblem because that's what Nintendo fans are wanting. And they, you know, maybe not in Smash Bros, because a lot of people are still a little bit salty over how many Fire Emblem characters were in Smash Bros. Um, but we're, we're seeing Nintendo take a look inward at their own fan base and user base and say well they like this this and this but they hate this this and this so let's invest more in those first three things as opposed to the second three things and then every now and then they'll take like a 
complete left turn out of nowhere and do something completely unexpected. And sometimes it pays off, sometimes it doesn't. And I, I think, you know, that's that's just the nature of the market. Uh, that's the nature of a capitalist market um, in, in America is that you're going to have things that flop. and You're going to have bad business decisions. Taxation um, is theft. Yep. <laughs> Hashtag taxation is theft. Um, but uh, kind of bringing this back then, <clears throat> because of that brand recognition and because of how a lot of people don't necessarily gravitate towards some IPs that Nintendo doesn't uh, label with, you know, Mario, Zelda, Pokemon. Um, do you think that Breath of the Wild would be just as popular, as talked about, and as uh, hyped up if it was just called Breath of the Wild and was not a Zelda game? Well... <coughs> I don't know, because I guess let's envision this situation a bit. Here comes Nintendo with a brand new IP called Breath of the Wild, starring this guy, this adventurer, and, you know, it's an open-world game similar to The Witcher 3. I definitely think there would be a lot of buzz surrounding the game. I definitely think there's a lot more because of the Zelda name, but I still think it would be... Uh, highly talked about and making headlines before launch uh, just not as much as it would just not as much as it is because it's Zelda uh, is Horizon Zero Dawn the first in its franchise yeah yeah because I mean look at that game <clears throat> it's getting a lot of press not as much as Breath of the Wild but still it's uh, you know a very anticipated release and so I think, yeah, uh, Breath of the Wild would still be very successful. Uh, it's just going to be more successful because it's a Zelda game. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I kind of agree, or I agree a, a large portion with what you said <clears throat> in the fact that with Breath of the Wild, um, as opposed to other stuff like... Uh, you know, Project Steam, which had a really different and unique way to play the game um, that really wasn't something that was popular at the time. Um, and it didn't. It had kind of brand recognition, but it didn't really... Uh, with something like an open-world game, um, especially from a company that's never really done that before in the way that Breath of the Wild's doing it, I think that it would get... A lot of hype just because Nintendo was doing something that they've never done before. Yeah. Um, but like you said, it is getting way more hype because it is a Zelda game, um, because it has those characters in it, because it has that brand recognition. I don't necessarily and if it, think if it was, <clears throat> if it wasn't Zelda, would they have gone all out with it at E3 like they did, because it's a new IP, or would they have possibly done something different, had a couple more games there? I mean, what could they have? put there really besides pokemon which was already there but so I, I don't know yeah i think that's interesting um to think about is is would they <clears throat> would they have gone all out for it would they be hyping it up and talking about it as much as they are right now um or would they do what they they have done in the past with new ips sans splatoon um where they don't really talk about it they don't really publicize it they just kind of send it out um and that's that's an interesting thing. We'll, we'll never really know because it is a Zelda game. They are, they have talked about it 
a lot. I don't think that they would have. Um, I think that their E3 would have been very, very different if it mm. wasn't Zelda-focused. Would they have shown off the Switch then, or would it have been too primitive? I don't think so. I think that they, um, even now, I kind of agree with what uh, Colin Moriarty has said on Kind of Funny, is that the Switch is kind of being rushed uh, just to get out Breath of the Wild and to put that game... Since the Breath of the Wild's out and they've delayed it for so long, they want that game out, but they also want it as a launch game for the Switch. Um, but there are a lot of features that the Switch is still missing. For example, the online subscription won't be there until later this year. Um, <clears throat> we're, we're hearing about some other things that'll be added later, um, like s- streaming services and whatnot. It's... I don't think it's a it's it's ready, but it's not fully ready to be released. But they wanted to get it out for Breath of the Wild. Um, I don't think that they would have been ready to announce it back in June, um, and I think it was smart of them not to, because I don't think that they a had a good plan for how to release it, and b I don't think it was completely finished in terms of where they wanted to be at release. Um, and I still don't necessarily think it is where they want it to be, but it's it's enough. It's ready enough for them to release and to put out <clears throat> and i'm not complaining um i'm looking forward to the stuff that they're going to add later uh and i'm going to end up getting the console anyways but i think it is uh, important to look at how we respond to nintendo in terms of like what we like and what we don't like if all we ever do is you know well they release three new ips and we didn't buy any of them because they don't have Mario, Pokemon, or Zelda in the name, then they're probably not going to make that many new IPs. Uh, and had this been a not a Zelda game, it, I, don't, I can't say for certain that it'd be different in terms of the hype behind it, in terms of how people responded to it, but I think we'd see a little bit of a difference. <laughs> Would yeah, you have definitely. bought it if it wasn't a Zelda game? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, it's an open-world adventure game. What's not to like? Mm-hmm. By Nintendo. Yeah, by Nintendo. So it's it would have a lot going for it. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, that's important, too. Um, but we're getting it as a Zelda game, and it's going to be amazing. Uh, you're getting it... Are you getting the Switch because of Breath of the Wild, or are you getting Breath of the Wild for the Switch because of the Switch? I'm getting the Switch because of the Switch and Breath of the Wild because of Breath of the Wild and both because I want to play Breath of the Wild on the Switch. It's a combination. So if this game hadn't been a Zelda game, would you have gotten the Switch on day one? If it was still a released game, would you still have gotten the Switch? Oh yeah, definitely. Okay. I'm a Nintendo fanboy. (laughs) Plus, I... Even if there wasn't Zelda and there wasn't some new open world IP, I mean, I'd still buy it, play some Bomberman, Binding of Isaac, Shovel Knight. Okay. Yeah, I might have I might have held off on it a bit. I don't think I would have been nearly as hyped up for the Switch as I am, especially because if, if even if it was a new IP, I'd be like, eh, I still want to see what other people say about it first. Um, and... I'd probably buy it later on when Mario Kart 8 and Mario Odyssey come out and all those other games. 
um, just because I think I'd have more to play and I'd get more bang for my buck. <coughs> I do think that for Nintendo fans and for a lot of fans, Breath of the Wild is moving consoles. Um, I don't think it'll move things as much as like a, a new Mario game would have, but mm-hmm. I think it's doing a good enough job at it. And that is thanks to brand recognition and because of the way Nintendo's marketed it and hyped it up, um, doing things they've never done before. So it's it's been an, an interesting ride, and it's going to be interesting to see how Nintendo handles things going forward with their other games, uh, based off of Breath of the Wild. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that about does it for this this weekend, this week, tonight, whatever, whichever. Oh, time went by so fast. I know. It's been. An I gotta hour. be on more often, Alfred. I, I gotta be on <laughs> more often. I know. So. That's all we've got for you guys tonight. Um, that news video will probably be up sometime by the end of this week. Um, just to recap stuff. It's going to be done by Game Over Jesse. He's going to be making some more video content for the site. Um, Shout out to Jesse. Yep. He'll be more of a regular uh, around here. <clears throat> and might even be on the podcast a bit more. Um, what? Yep. The, the future of the podcast is a little muddled right now. But don't worry. Because I know that all three of you guys that listen to this podcast are very worried. I'll still be here. <clears throat> yep. I'll still be writing my gender-focused editorials. <laughs> well, all right. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. And then the week after that, it depends because Breath of the Wild is going to yeah. be out. And I uh, haven't decided if I want to just save the podcast for the week after. It's just to get reactions from it. But we'll see. You know. That's 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 way far in the future, and I don't live that far in the future. So, we'll look forward to seeing you guys again next week. And you want to shout out our Twitter handles? No, because they're going to be on the... Oh, well... I don't know. I'll, I'll do something with a video. Or do we we'll not do it. that anymore? Okay. <clears throat> it's been a while. We have our, we have our Twitter handles on the video. Um, okay, cool. And since that's right now the only way that we're uploading this, um, I'll put it in the video somewhere. Sweet. But yeah. So we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye. Cool.